Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. That was a loud good morning, <laughs> by the way. Y'all woke me up there. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. do want to remind everyone that if you are not in a small group already, uh, we do encourage you to get into one. There are groups that are meeting weekly, and uh, we would love it if you could get connected uh, with one of those groups. You can find out more information at guest services right back here beside the coffee bar. Uh, just find a volunteer there and ask about groups, and uh, they will get you the info that you need. If you're online and you're looking to join a group, we do have some online groups available as well. Just comment groups on the live stream, and uh, we'll reach out to you this week. Journey Students uh, has relaunched, and uh, we started last week and kind of went over our plans for the year, and uh, I'm very excited for that. Uh, I do want to talk about a couple things real quick. We are meeting two times uh, we have meeting uh, two meeting times. Connect times meet on Sundays, uh, 6 to 8, and it's basically a youth church service, uh, 6 to 8 every Sunday. And then this one I'm really excited for. Uh, it's happening this week. Uh, level Up, uh, we are meeting every other Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m., and it's all just the fun side of youth ministry. And uh, the first one is happening this Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. So if you are interested in that, if you have a 6th through 12th grader, Uh, I encourage you to see me after service, get them here tonight and also on Thursday, uh, just so we can connect with our kids and uh, tell them about Jesus and who he is, uh, because Jesus really does love them, and he's for them too. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get into uh, today. Uh, We're in a series called Forward Thinking. Uh, Today we're talking about a mystery. Say mystery. Mystery. Uh, To some people, God, the Bible, Jesus, and this whole church thing, uh, it seems like a big mystery that we're trying to uncover. Uh, But there is a way to do it, and it starts with reading our Bible. Let's go ahead and get started. Okay, let's grab that Bible, let's go to the book of Ephesians uh, in the New Testament, and let's uh, check out what it means to look forward and get past our past. And the Apostle Paul is the author, we're into week five, if you've been here through any of this series, you already know some of the backstory and some of the context, and today it is, we're talking about how to clear up the mystery of God, and that really is the theme I'm talking about, but honestly, if you're the kind of person that likes to solve, you know, unsolved kind of mysteries, uh, this is probably for you. You're going to get some really good uh, ideas from the Bible and the text in chapter 3 that we're looking at, these first few verses, uh, verse 1 through 13. I think it'll help a lot. <clears throat> so let me start here. <clears throat> Yesterday is the first day of fall. My hum- hummingbirds are gone. Yesterday. The day before I saw them. And I'm not quite sure how that works. How they have this clock, this biological clock. But God's figured it out. And the funny thing is, I watched about five of those hummingbirds all summer. Came in the spring, and they left like that, clockwork. They'll be back, those same birds. That's how God has arranged things in our world. And it is a bit of a mystery. Simple as that. It's like small town, big town. Mysteries. Everybody wants to wave at you in a small town. And you're trying to figure out who the heck is waving at me. You're going to run over something, but that's small town. Big town, big city. You don't even want to make eye contact. Afraid somebody's going to shoot you or something. It's different. It is. Mysteries. Unsolved mysteries. So I don't know whether you're a big mystery person or a low mystery kind of person. Like the Loch Ness Monster, is it for real or not? You tell me. Do you believe there's aliens in Roswell, New Mexico? Is that what everybody's talking about? I don't know. Unsolved mysteries. Probably the biggest mystery is God. Even though we have more information about God than any other topic on the planet. There's a lot of information, but there's more information about God than any other topic. 
number one selling book in the world today still is the Bible. We've got plenty of Bibles. 800,000 words, we don't read it. We don't understand what we read. And we don't know how to apply it. And so, say so, God remains a bit of a mystery even for people who go to church. Yeah. And that's what the dude is writing about today in chapter 3. So, if you're taking some notes, God wants us to open our eyes a little bit wider and see a way bigger God and understand uh, how to do that. So, write this down. Church stuff is a little bit like an unsolved mystery for many people. And... uh we're going to try to help clear that up a little bit. What God really wants us to learn about understanding God better. So here we go. Got three of them. They all start with R. Some of you trying to fill in all the blanks before church worship started today. You went online trying to get the answers. Here's a few if you missed any. The mystery of God really, as Brian said just a moment ago, it begins by you deciding that you're actually going to read the Bible. And I don't mean just read John 3.16. I mean re- actually read the Bible. There's a lot of stuff here. And I've been reading it for the last 45 years. And I tell you, I've read it several times. And I have never picked it up. I haven't found out something new every time I read it. you got to read this thing because there's a lot of mystery about God. Even after you've read it over and over and over, God is really big. We are really little. And it's complicated. So Paul the Apostle starts writing to the church in Ephesus. And he's writing about how people who even go to church haven't yet figured out God. So let's look at it. Look at verse 1, chapter 3. Here's what it says. For this reason, Paul says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. So Paul's the author, verse 1, and he tells us that he's been arrested. Have you ever been arrested? They ever had a warrant for your arrest? They did for me. They came and got me. I was working at Bluegrass Fertilizer Plant. It's not there anymore. And I was unloading railroad cars. Bag ammonia nitrate on railroad cars I was unloading. And the Cynthia police pulled up and said, are you Bobby Duncan? I said, sure am. He said, put your hands behind you and let's go. And he took me downtown, Gary Slade. And the problem was, the guy who was really in trouble and got caught, asked him who he was, says, I'm Bobby Duncan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I could probably got in trouble myself on my own, but I'm just saying. So Paul tells us he got arrested too. And it was kind of a bogus charge like mine was. Paul said, I got arrested because I was defending you guys who don't go to church, you outsiders, you Gentiles who were not included in the Jesus party until Jesus went to the cross. And so when Jesus goes to the cross and he says, God really is for everybody, and John 3.16 really is true, for God so loved the world, everything changes. And so Paul starts writing in chapter 3, And he's writing to people who before weren't included. They weren't welcomed at the front door. Some of you came in here and you didn't know that you could go to church. You didn't know there was a church where everybody was welcome no matter what you looked like or no matter what your addictions that you were trying to get over or get rid of. You didn't know that God really was for you. And these guys didn't either that we're reading about in chapter 3. And Paul says, because of you, that's a good reason to go to jail. If you've got to go to jail and get arrested, go to jail and get arrested because you're trying to help other people know who Jesus is. Amen? Amen? That's a pretty good reason. There are a lot of bad reasons, but that's a good reason, and that's why, he, that's why he was arrested. Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. I know God is for good people, but did you know God is for crazy people like you and I? That's what he says. That is exactly what he says. 
And he says, I told so many people they didn't like me to tell that story anymore, the Jesus story. And they told me to stop, and I wouldn't stop. And so now I've become arrested. I be, they've arrested me. That's in the book of Acts. Paul's arrest. It's called his, he had two arrests actually. It's called his house arrest and then his dungeon arrest. But this was his two-year house arrest where he wrote these letters in the Bible we call the prison letters or prison epistles. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. So he sat in his house for two years and he had a guard at the door and says, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to go grocery shopping. You're not going to go see anybody for Christmas. You're stuck right here in your house. And I'm going to make sure you don't go anywhere until we decide what to do with you. And so for two years he wrote this in the Bible that we're reading right now. Ephesians is one of his letters that he wrote while he was under a two-year house arrest. He had a mission. Do you have a mission? Or oh, I got sick. I got cancer. You got a mission. Or oh, I'm, I'm broke. I don't have a job. Have you got a mission? I don't care what your circumstances. I work third shift. But do you have a God mission? That's a pretty good question, guys. The Apostle Paul has his God mission, and that God mission is that even if it means I'm going to get arrested, I can't help but tell the people that God wants me to tell that there really is good news, that God really is for everybody. Say, everybody? everybody. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given for me to you too, that I might give it to you, to me for you. That is the mystery. That's the mystery. There's the mystery of God. I know God loves grandma and grandpa, and I know God loves white people, and I know God loves black people, and I know God loves Asian people, but does God love everybody? Yeah, God loves everybody. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Yeah, that's the mystery of God that how can He love everybody? Because that's who God is. That's His nature. People who are married or single or divorced or angry or bitter or depressed or discouraged, that's the mystery of God, that God loves the world. God loves you and I. That's what Paul is saying as he himself is under arrest for telling other people that God really is for everybody. That's the mystery. Mystery made, made known to me by the revelation. God had this moment with the Apostle Paul. He was Saul. He blinded him on the road to Damascus and said, Dude, you're fighting on the wrong team. You're, you're, you're on the wrong team. And Saul said, so help me. What's, what do I need to learn? And Saul got up, blinded, couldn't see because God blinded him. He went to see this man named Ananias who said, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. He was already Jewish. Saul, king, he, not King Saul, but this author Saul of the Bible, Saul was already Jewish. A Pharisee of Pharisees, but he was not a Jesus follower. He became a Jesus follower when Jesus spoke to him, had this revelation. And he gave this message to Paul, gave him a new name, and said, I want you to take this message to the Gentiles' outsiders. Verse 4, in reading this message that I've written earlier, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. So read more Bible, read more about the message of God and Jesus, that he really is for everybody. And so read the book, verse 1 and verse 2, because it tells us that we've all been included in God's playbook and that we have all, everyone, become a part of God's forever family called the church if we have surrendered to Jesus as our Savior. We have a Father with deep pockets, and he has purchased us back. He has ransomed us back. He has paid our debts. When we were hijacked, our soul was hijacked by Satan. That's what Paul is introducing, chapter 3 again, to people who were once outsiders but now have been included because of Jesus. It is the truth. It is the truth. So, the Apostle Paul tells us to do some of our homework, read a little bit of the book ourselves. Don't just read the cliff notes, but try to read regularly the Word of God, and you will come to understand better the mystery of God, how God can be for crazy people and mixed up people and people who are not at all like us, 
because God is really for the world. God wants us all to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus as our Savior. Two prayers are mentioned in this book called Ephesians or this letter called Ephesians. The first prayer we read in chapter 1, and it was a prayer that their eyes might get bigger and their eyes might be open to how big God is. Well, the word that I use there is enlightenment, that you are enlightened. Your mom and dad, when you're about six, seven years old, want you to be enlightened. Don't do that again. Amen? Yeah, that's, that's the word, enlightened. Like, open your eyes up, Buster, or are you fixing to get it? Well, that's what he says. That's what he says in this first prayer. Paul prays that our eyes might be opened wider so that we get that we understand how big is our God. You made our God too small. That's what Paul says. He's not a tiny little mouse. He's bigger than that. Open your eyes. First prayer, chapter 1, was that we might see better, more clearly, better focus when things get fuzzy, when you think your life's you know, in trouble, that you understand how big God is. Jesus changes everything. Amen? Amen? It sounds easy, and it sounds like it's the truth, and it is the truth, but you've got to do your homework, Buster, and read it yourself. You can't just listen to me, because I'm not going to be with you when you're in trouble. Probably not. May not be anybody with you except you and God. Read it for yourself. And choose to get involved in the mystery of God wherever you can in the world. Get off the sofa, turn off the TV, put the remote down, get the phone out of your hand, and help somebody get on the train. Help them get moving out of the station, moving down the track toward God, toward understanding who God is by clearing up the mystery of God that God is for all kinds of people, all kinds of people that we just wrote off. I don't want to ever see you again. Don't you ever come back on my property again. Don't you ever call my number again. There's a bunch of people that we've written off. Aren't you glad that God hasn't written you off? Say amen. amen. You deserve it, and so do I. Who, do we, who are we kidding? We're all sinners. Saved by the grace and mercy of God. None of us deserve what we got. We got better than we deserve. And so we pick and choose who we think God ought to really love and care, but God loves everybody. And he wants everybody to come to some knowledge and understanding, and so it's a mystery to me how God could love somebody like, you know, you tell me who. How could God love somebody like, you know, that person? The same way that he loves you, that's how God loves that person. Because we all struggle. God really loves us. And we try to pick and choose, and God says, no, we're not. We're not, read it, it's a mystery I know. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26, read that. The mystery that has been hidden, kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now, now disclosed to the saints. It is a mystery. You can make a Jesus impact if you read it for yourself. You can help somebody get their train out of the station, moving down the track toward God. Prayer number one was that they might get their eyes opened wide. And prayer number two is in verse one and verse 14 of chapter three, that they might have this prayer to find courage and confidence to do stuff for God. Are you doing anything for God that really matters? Are you on a mission for God to help other people clear up the mystery of God and encourage them to actually read the Bible? The mystery that the world is really needing to discover and find the answers to, it is Jesus. It is, it is the antidote for whatever our sorrow and sadness and whatever is wrong in government and education and our careers and family and marital issues. It is a mystery, but the real answer is found when we just read it for ourselves, read our way out of our troubles. Jesus is the door way. He is the way. Read it. Read it for yourself. Get someone to read the Bible consistently for themselves. 
John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Starts by reading some of these 800,000 words. That's too much. So just start in the Gospels. Just start in Mark. That's the shortest one. Just start reading Mark, the Gospel of Mark. And hang out with Jesus and let Jesus start talking to you about whatever you're troubled about right now. Today, just read it. Here's the second thing you need besides reading it. You need the Holy Spirit to understand what you read. The mystery is revealed through God's Holy Spirit. Look at verse 5, verse 6. <clears throat> the mystery of Jesus, which was not made known to men in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets, this mystery is that through the gospel, the good news, the Gentiles, outsiders, are heirs together with Israel, the insiders, Jewish people, Gentile people, Israelites, members together of one body, one church, shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus, one big family. That's what Jesus came to do. It wasn't about a Protestant church, Catholic church. It wasn't about a Baptist, Methodist church, Episcopal church. It was about a church, the body of Christ, all Christians in the family of God. Not a name or a label that you want to carry that distinguishes you from somebody else. You are a Christian. You have Jesus' family name. That's good enough. Say good enough? Yeah, that's what he really had in mind. And so read it in the Bible for yourself. I, I said this last night. <clears throat> and so I think Brian and Bridget were sitting on this side last night. But I was talking about technology and the Bible. And how the Bible, we can read it and don't get a clue. We don't understand it at all. Like, I read it, but I don't know what the heck he's talking about. It sounds like it's Greek. You remember, you pick up the Bible and you read something, and you're like, what is that? What's, what's he talking about? You need to read it, but then you need the Holy Spirit. You need a relationship. How do I get the Holy Spirit? you got, you got to have a relationship with God by faith, through grace, at baptism. you got to surrender to God and become a Jesus follower. And then you get his Holy Spirit that comes and lives inside you. Okay, got it? You get a new phone, which some of us get, an iPhone 15, and it's got new stuff on it. And you're pretty savvy, tech savvy, but you never had this phone in your hand. And so you start pushing things, and next thing you know, you lock it up. It's froze. It's stuck, and you're like, did I break it? Because we really don't know how to use it, but we think we do. So you have to go up to the Apple store and find some Apple genius, or you're married to an Apple genius, and they got to help us unlock our phone. This book has got 800,000 words, and you can read it till you're blue in your face, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're never going to understand what you're reading. You need someone to help you describe and explain how to use it, how to unlock it, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's why Satan can quote the Bible and still be Satan because he can't unlock the truth. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit of God. And there are a ton of people who have Bibles everywhere, and they say, I've read it. doesn't make any sense. But they don't have the Holy Spirit who can help explain and reveal and answer their questions about the mystery of God. Does that make sense? Nod your head up and down, yes or no. Yeah, just go buy another phone. Yeah, I don't need any help until you can't get it to work. And then you've got to find somebody who knows what you're talking about. Like, help me, I'm stuck. Go find a grandchild. You're going to go find a 7- or 8-year-old to see if they can unlock your phone for you. You need God's Holy Spirit is what he says. Because you can't understand this without the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit resides and lives in us now because of the cross. Where was he before Jesus? Where was God's Spirit and presence before Jesus? Where? 
in the temple, in the tabernacle, behind a, a veil, behind a wall, where the, only the priests were able to go. So if you were Jewish, and you were of the Jewish religion, and you had a question for God and a mystery for God, you had to go through the right proper channels. You couldn't actually access God. Not, per, not personally. You couldn't purchase an iPhone. Not personally. It was like the old days when we had phones. Remember the old days? One ring and the two dingy dingies and or like Mayberry RFD. Will you call Aunt B for me? Remember the old days of how you had phone service, you know, like party lines and I mean it was like like talking into a tin can. It literally was like that. And so your ability to communicate with another person was very limited. And so before the cross and before Jesus and before the Holy Spirit came and lives inside of us, you had to go through some pastor, preacher, priest, somebody who could interpret and read the Bible. Originally the Bible was in Latin and it, you couldn't even read it because you were an, an, an uneducated person who had not been trained in, in Latin. And so only the priest could read the Bible. And they told you what they wanted to tell you, what they, what they thought they needed to tell you. But with Jesus and the cross and the Holy Spirit, the mystery is finally opened up to the world. God has this big plan. He's coming back. And he's going to wrap this whole show up. You think this don't fit together like, what are you talking about? I'm telling you. You need to read it yourself. And that ain't enough. That's not, that's not going to be enough. You need to have a relationship with God through Jesus as a follower of Jesus and as a Christian and then have the Holy Spirit in your life who will help you discern and understand what you are reading and it will clear up the mysteries that we've had for a long time. Abraham and Moses and Noah really didn't know any, any intimate details about God's bigger plans. All those guys that you read about in the Bible and you say, well, I wish I was like that guy. No, you don't. You only had a limited understanding of who God was in the Old Testament. Had no idea that God was going to graft in and bring in all the people of the world, all nations. You thought it was only going to be Jewish and Israelite, Hebrews. That was it. That was your limited, mainline, straight-line understanding of God and his purpose for the world. But he had a bigger purpose. It was for the whole world. That includes us. Not even the disciples who were with Jesus and lived with him 24-7, three and a half years on earth in his ministry day and night until his death on the cross, watched him die and was buried. Not even the disciples until he died and rose again did things become more clear, the mystery of God become more clear about why Jesus had to die. What was that all about? Why did he have to die? Dude, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit showed up in the Bible, in the book of Acts, the book of the, book of the church as it was launched and started, the, G, the Jesus church, the Jesus revolution, the first one. The Holy Spirit shows up and it's way better than a smartphone. Now you have a connection with God, a personal connection with God that goes with you everywhere. Like the internet, everywhere. Acts chapter 1, but you are to be given power when the Holy Spirit has come to you. You will be witnesses to me, not only in Jerusalem, not only throughout Judea, not only in Samaria, but to the very ends of the earth. Are you doing that? Are you reading the Bible and are you really using the Holy Spirit to understand it better so that you can guide other people to get their train running down the track toward God? That was the plan, you and I, the church. Acts chapter 2, then when the actual day of Pentecost came, they were all assembled together and they were all filled up with God's Holy Spirit and they began to speak in different languages about God, about Jesus, about his purpose and the mystery of God. As the Spirit, Holy Spirit gave them power to proclaim the message. So, the big idea 
the big idea about God was, first of all, you've got to read the book to clear up the mystery and understand the church. And until you actually do that, read it for yourself, it all does seem confusing, and it really feels like it's just written, it's all in Greek, I, don't, I can't understand a thing. So read it for yourself, get a little help, and ask God, big idea number two is ask God to help us discern and understand better what we've just read through his Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So we're just not prepared without the Holy Spirit to actually understand the Bible by ourselves. You need a Jesus relationship, like we need someone who's at an Apple store, who's an Apple genius, can help us understand how to use this tool that we've been given you can buy an iPhone anywhere, but it doesn't mean you're going to learn how to use it without breaking it. And you can read the Bible, but you may not ever understand it without the Holy Spirit who can make it more clear. Read it. Have a relationship with God. Receive the Holy Spirit. He will coach and guide you and tutor us to better understanding about the mysteries of God. And when we do that, write this down. If you do that, you begin to discover that the church really does bring great reward. Reading and being revealed the truth of God and the mystery of God is the best reward that we could ever find on this earth. Best purpose, best direction about life's questions. Look at verse 7. Read that on the screen. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. So I got i got to be a part of this amazing mission of God to take good news to everybody, those who were insiders and outsiders. That's what Paul says in verse 7. Although I am less than the least of God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this, this mystery and ministry which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, God is seldom early, he's never late. Keep asking God to give you answers to the mystery of his will. Am I ever going to be better? Am I going to live? Ask God. Read it. Read the book. Try to find some direction. Get a little help. You may need a partner, a mentor, a pastor, a preacher, a youth minister, a coach, a mom or a dad, a grandparent. You may need somebody to help you, but do it together. And then the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the truth, the truth of God and his purpose in your life. God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him and through faith in him. You get to get close. We may approach God with freedom and confidence. Verse 13, I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. Sometimes in life what we're enduring feels like punishments. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's for God's glory. It could be. It was in Paul's life. He was speaking and sharing the truth of God, and he was arrested for two years under house arrest, and later he was arrested, a dungeon arrest, where it is, it is believed that he was beheaded. He was executed. Um, it cost him his life because he believed in Jesus. There's great reward that we receive in understanding God better by reading the book. It clears up the mystery of the church of which I am a part of. And the Holy Spirit reveals what we are reading. And finally, God helps us find great reward in whatever our sacrifice. You may be desperate. You may be confused. You may be a lonely person. 
Maybe the church seems beyond us sometimes. Maybe you're regular in church, but you've never quite understood why certain bad things happen to good people. Maybe it's a mystery to you why some people die young and some people live to be old and they don't seem to be worth a nickel. It is a bit of a mystery to understand the mind and will of God, but if you'll read the Bible and have the Holy Spirit, which helps reveal what you're reading, the truth of God and His mission and purpose, then you find great reward. That's where the reward comes. And doing things as God describes, as Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 3. If you're still taking notes, write this down. The reward that we receive in reading and receiving the Holy Spirit that clears up the mystery of God and the church for our community, five things should begin to happen. Five things should begin to happen. Jot this down. You begin to partner with Jesus. You might work at a factory, but your real mission is not the factory. Your real mission is your partnership with Jesus. You have fellowship with all kinds of people, not just people in your family reunion. We all want to meet with our family once a year, twice a year, as often as we can. We have this connection with our our family and our kinfolk, but there's this fellowship, the fellowship of God and God's family. You begin to fellowship together in a different way. It goes beyond your your biological, your nuclear family. Partnership and fellowship, assurance of forgiveness. You don't have to lay awake at night wondering, does God take care of even that? My doubts and my, my failure, does God's Does God's sacrifice on the cross take care of even that? We find this assurance of God's forgiveness that Jesus changes everything. Number number, uh, four and number five, we find confidence that when you die and you discover that suffering is made easier, you find confidence whenever it happens. You don't have to fear death. I just did Morris's graveside up at the cemetery Tuesday and... uh, I, I can't, I'm not kidding you. I told those guys at the cemetery, just a handful of people, I said, as I walked out the door last Tuesday, and he died Wednesday morning, and I looked at him for the last time, and he looked back at me for the last time, last Tuesday. And the last words that I said was, I love you, Morse, and Betty, your sister, loves you, and John, your brother, loves you, and God loves you. I said, it's okay. And that was it. And he went home. Jesus was his savior. He had a relationship with God. He had confidence as he died. There is great reward in our suffering and that we know who Jesus is and we know that he's coming to take us home. Say amen. amen. It's not always pretty. And sometimes it happens suddenly and unexpected and we have a A lot of questions for God, like, God, why did you do that? And that's okay. Keep reading your Bible and keep asking God to reveal to you the questions that you have because you have his Holy Spirit. And you'll find this reward. Bottom line, knowing Jesus always enriches our life, never subtracts. Surrendering to God, I surrender all. Give it all to God. We're going to take communion. These guys are going to pass communion. I'm going to read a verse. Let me grab my cup. You guys go ahead and get the trays and pass the cups. And let me read a verse and say a prayer. And let's do the communion time and ask God that he might give us the courage and confidence to do things for him. Maybe that's been a mystery. Not sure what I should be doing. Well, ask God to show you what you should be doing. What is your purpose and mission on earth? Galatians chapter 5 says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by some yoke of slavery. If Jesus has gotten us unstuck, unstuck from our own problems, our personal issues and battles, if he has said, I forgive you and Jesus changes everything and forgives everything, then don't let something hold us back from believing that really God can do that. Don't give in to your human self, to your old self, your doubts that creep in, you begin to question and wonder and doubt yourself and doubt God. Faith eats fear for breakfast. Believe that God can do anything, even forgive our sin.
And he, wa he will and he does. There is no sin too great. You've not done anything this week that God doesn't want to forgive. You've not said anything or thought anything that God doesn't want to forgive. But you have to choose. You have to make that decision that you surrender yourself to him and his grace all over. And accept his mercy. That you're a flawed person, even with Jesus, you're still someone who has plenty of baggage. It is a battle. But he is with us. He knows that. He realizes that. He's aware of that. He came to set us free. So if you're stuck, get unstuck. Do it with Jesus. The bread. Cup. God, have mercy on us and on our soul. And may you teach us once more that we are forgiven by the blood of Christ. Not by our actions and thoughts. Not by something that we've earned or deserved. But it is mercy and grace that is the gift we receive. May we receive this gift right now. Forgive us. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your cups in that little basket and... If you got an offering, put it in the plate. That would help. And if you got pocket change, drop it up here in this tie jug. We'll try to help other people. We're going to sing another song for you guys who are in person with us today. And if you need a prayer before you take off, come down the hallway here before you leave. We'll pray. You guys who are home with us, have a great rest of your Sunday and come and join us when you can. God loves you and we love you too. So let's do this together.